Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Now, this week's guest, if you didn't listen to last week, then you don't know who he is, because this is part two of our conversation with him. And as I said last week, this is a man who uh, I consider a good friend of mine. Um, And years ago, I was in um, low spots of my life, Uh, you know, going back six, seven years ago. Um, and he was one of the guys that was there for me. He was an awesome dude then. He's an awesome dude now. Um, as long as I've known him, he's been really cool. Um, and I couldn't be happier that he agreed to do the show. I couldn't be happier that we got, uh, you know, two parts of the conversation out of this. And as I said last week, when I kind of did the pre-intro to the show, um, I was, I was late in posting it because I was afraid of, what happened during it and that the guest like I felt that the guest uh, was getting irritated with all the technical difficulties that we had and a smile came across my face re-listening to the show and editing it when really we only had issues maybe for the first 20 minutes and after that things got better he totally didn't care you could tell in the interview um no we don't have to bury the lead anymore um, C-Rob, Chris Robbins, 100 Acre Woods Chris, whatever you want to call him. He's back on the show this week to continue our conversation about wrestling. And I'll tell you what, this is a show where we don't go off topic. We don't go on wild tangents here and there. We pretty much stick to wrestling from the start of the show last week to the very end of the show this week. Uh, we get a little bit into some other things, um, like, and if you didn't listen to us last week, make sure you pay attention to uh, July, the month of July. You can head to FHAA.org. That's F as in Frank, H as in Henry, A as in Apple, A as in Apple.org to check out more information about the Carol Yeager Ellis uh, softball 8U coach pitch um, tournament that C-Rob uh, is the director of and, and runs and puts together every year. Uh, it's such a cool thing. Um, and if you live in the Bucks County area, I just please check it out. Uh, that's all he's asking you to do. He's not really asking you to do anything else. Uh, and, and it's for a good cause. So FHAA.org. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, and while you're there, Drop a review. Reviews help get more eyes on this show. There's some sort of equation that iTunes has. Um, and I, I would just love for more people to listen to this show so that y'all can hear how awesome these other people are. You know, we've had creator of worlds on the show. We've had, you know, an author. We've had uh, a, base, a former baseball pitcher, a former wrestler now. And um, coming up on the show that, you know, we have a couple other podcasters that do um, tabletop RPGs. We have a, um, an activist, an AIDS activist coming on the show. Uh, we, you know, we have a lot of cool guests coming up. I have, I'm booked up with, you know, till the, like the mid-May with shows. So it's going to be good time here on everything is awesome i really just want people to listen to it because all these people are kind enough to come do this show and i just want their stories to be 
uh, to be heard. You know, there's no reason. They're not really here to promote anything. Everyone's coming to just sit down and have an awesome conversation. And I want more people to be able to hear that awesome conversation right here on awesomepodcast.com. In case you don't hear me at the end of the show, make sure you check me out on Twitter at HHWST. You can check the show out on Twitter at That Entertains. And as I said, you can find all the podcast goodness on awesomepodcast.com. Now let's Without further ado, let's just kick it back right to our conversation with C-Rob now. John Cena drives me nuts, <laughs> you know, and, and it's always been that way, you I know. Hate John Cena. And oh no, he did remember that <laughs> night. But and and that's where I wanted to take it. So you know, we're out there, we're running down the crowd, and I knew a lot of my my friends from Little League were there, and so I. I wanted to use that in in it because I had just uh, a few months prior I had just stepped down from being on the board of the Little League, and so one of the comments I had said because you know I knew I had over fifty some people there yeah, yeah, watching yeah. me that were there to see me more than anything, and so of course I come out and I'm getting cheered. And so I said, I don't need you people to cheer me to know how good I am. Besides, you guys are a terrible judge of character. I said, if there's one thing I know about this town is you wouldn't know hard work, determination, and I forget what the the other part was. I said, if it sat on the board of your local Little League. <laughs> and all my Little League friends, were you could just see, they were dying laughing. They thought it was hysterical. But we, we ran them down. And... You know, Bruce and I, we we put on an okay match considering how rusty the the two of us were. We put this match on. Of course, we cheated to win. So now the crowd really hates me already going out there. We go to do the match with the the midget. And, you know, Chucky's in the ring, and he doesn't have an opponent. And I come out, and I said, "Mm, you don't have an opponent tonight. I said, "Uh, I don't mind doing double duty. I said, but... um, or actually, first I said I'd offer him a, a, a spot in the club, and uh, I gave him all these things that he could be, and I was like, "But I think those are uh, pretty tall tasks." And uh, you know, I did a, a whole array of of short jokes yeah, yeah, yeah. to him, and uh, at one point we even did the thing where he went to come at me, and I put my hand, my palm on his head and held him back and he's swinging and he, he can't get to me, you know? And then we, we had a good time, you know, Montoya got in, he did some stuff with him Why I got on the outside of the ring. And then Sir Style came in, did some stuff with him. And then finally I get in and we're, we're wrestling. And, you know, I, I remember I said to him in the back, I said, at one point, I'll pick you up for a body slam. And as soon as I get you up, I'll just walk around the ring with you. And he's like, uh, dude, I'm I'm really 190 pounds. And I'm like, there ain't no way. I ain't even 190 pounds. Till I went to pick him up. And he was 190 That motherfucker pounds. was 190 pounds. So, so I, I just gave him, like, it was like the Lex Luger Yokozuna slam. Okay. You know, because I, I really wasn't, you know, that strong at, at that point. And, uh, but so at the end, you know, high note. And I remember he was, he didn't want to do it at, 
his finisher was a Samoan drop. So he hits me with Samoan drop. And in the back, when we were talking about it, he's like, and then I'll just, you know, roll you up and pin you. And I'm like, no, man, I want you to stand and put your foot on my chest to pin me. And he's like, no, 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 that's going to make you look weak. I'm like, no, 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 just put your foot on my chest. I said, send them home happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, because yeah, yeah. they're, they're going to be so happy to, to see you win. And so he did it, and it, it was by far the loudest pop of the night. Nice. was him standing on my chest. And so then we get to the April show, and the April show was, was just a debacle. There was – if there was 50 people there – Was it at the same place? Lot. It was at the YMCA, but it was during the day. Oh, during day or Saturday weekend on a Saturday, um, during soccer and baseball season, two uh, weeks, two weeks after soccer and baseball started, or at least baseball started, yeah. And uh, but the YMCA promised Moose the world that you know there'd be over a thousand people at this event, and uh. Ironically, the YMCA is trying to sell their property now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah because they, they're they not being run successfully. But anyway, so it, it was just a, a flop. Um, we we had – the whole show was kind of a, a giant cluster. Uh, originally, I was supposed to wrestle Redding, just me me and Redding one-on-one. Yeah. And, uh, and we were going we to set up a feud. Uh, with that show that would eventually culminate in a ladder match at the October uh, show, which would have been the anniversary show. Um, and it didn't work out. And at the end, the the main event was um, Short Sleeve Samson versus Shovelhead Chuck, and we came out and made it look like we were going to go after Shovelhead Chuck again, and instead we just beat the hell out of Short Sleeve Samson. And then Moose came out because Fred uh, had joined Evil Iron. And Moose came out, and uh, which, you know, I, I felt bad for him. He, he kind of rushed himself. He had just had surgery to repair a torn bicep that he tore at the April show. Um, or not the April show, the February show. And he rushed back to to do that, and it was just it didn't work out. And I, I think a lot of it had to do with frustration on the fact that the gate was so small. And uh, but and then after that, he was trying to get a school together, and it just a lot of things just didn't work out. But uh, we we ended up doing one show at the school, which was a nightmare. He he, it was a. It was an actual, it was a boxing gym, boxing and MMA okay. gym. So we were working in a, a boxing ring, which has no padding, no give, no support, nothing. And uh, it was either that or for a couple nasty bumps that I took when I had wrestled uh, Bruce in February. But all of a sudden I started feeling numbness oh, no. in my right arm. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, right, right side you know, completely numb and, uh, found out last February that I have two ruptured discs in my neck. Uh, So as far as any wrestling career that, that I have moving forward, uh, it's going to be 
a just a character role, no yeah. no wrestling or or refereeing. So, but you know what? I'm 36 years old. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, know? I mean it's like uh, so so when I saw the basket and the flyer, I guess that was in the basket or whatever uh, at the Frankie thing at JoJo's, and I saw that the UWF club, I'm like, oh man. It's like I'm not in shape. Like I'm, I was legit like 240, which was the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And um, I was like, if I, I want to get down. I was like, because every year, usually around like March or so, which was like the March was when the FTW started back in like 2001. Uh, so usually like once a year around March, I think about it. I'm like, man, I would love to get in the ring one more time. Like I just think about it, and like I, to the point where I'm like, who would I wrestle? And here, what spots would we do and stuff? And uh, so I thought, like, when I saw that flyer in the basket, I was like, I'm going to do it. I know, I'm, I, I guess at the time I was 30, so I'm 31 now. But, I, I, you know, I was like, all right, 30 is not too old. Like, I know it's going to hurt. But, like, one time, like, if I can do it one more time, that would be that'd be great. Uh, yeah, but do you remember how we were after our match? <laughs> oh, my God. And I so, – so what we're referring to is PTCW, Primetime Championship Wrestling, which was – what you, me, Tom, and to a lesser degree, D'Angelo, kind of formed. And uh, we got the NWA, was it? Yeah. To, to back our license in Pennsylvania. Uh, and we, I don't, I, I forget the, the, all the shows. I mean, I probably have it saved on a hard drive somewhere because I have like the designs for the flyers. Like I have all that. Resurrection was the next show that we were going to, no, Resurrection was the show that we, we did, right? Yeah. And then there was Shockwave, maybe? I don't know. I have all the stuff for PTCW saved, and uh, I remember setting up the ring, uh, and it like being like a pain in the ass and kind of hurting. But I remember because we did in the first thing of the night was a battle royal, yeah, and then it was our match was the main event. And oh, 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 you can't skip over. <laughs> you separate my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and that was that during the promo. That was during the promo was, right after intermission. And so we did this. Uh, it was heel versus heel because uh, I, I was playing. You were D-Rob, like officially. like you, Because that was a joke that I, I think we started on po- the podcast. Yeah, that started on the podcast. Uh, and then you, I think you wrestled as D-Rob. No, Dick w- Robbins. Dick Robbins, okay. Home record Dick oh, Robbins. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Home record Dick Robbins uh, at the PTCW show. And my finisher, the Stainless... Which was, I always I, million dollar dream. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> into a. Um, it was oh, a, the into the stroke. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was and uh, what I didn't let go when I should. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't let go of my arm <laughs> at all. And uh, but we made it through that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we made, made it. We made it through that. Uh, and that was like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I made it through probably better than you. (laughs) That show, that will probably always go down as uh, my best match in my career because it was my last, like, it was the most experience I've had at that point. And even though I, in between PTCW, which was in 2009, the last time I wrestled was probably in early 07, late 06, because I broke my ankle in, I think, 2007. And I didn't really wrestle again after that. Um, so I was like two years of ring rust. You were probably on at least a year because I, I forget like the last FTW show before that. I, I don't maybe oh eight, but yeah, but I, I did a couple. Um, oh okay, a couple of oh, the NWA yeah. black and blue shows for yeah. for uh, Fox. Yeah, 
and and they, well they, uh, yeah so ft when i i call that ftw still the the black and blue shows like i because that was still a lot of ftw guys i wrestled i think only one black and blue show and then i broke my ankle and i mean at that point fox and i weren't the same like our friendship wasn't the same we weren't buddy buddy uh like we were back when we started ftw so like he reckless uh and montoya became like like the other heads of running NWA Black and Blue slash FTW. Yeah. Um, well, most mostly Montoya. <clears throat> Reckless didn't really get involved with the behind the scenes oh, okay. stuff, but Montoya was yeah. very he was influential. Very, yeah, yeah. And um, so, so I kind of like. I mean, I, I was taking a backseat anyway to to anything I was doing. I mean, when it was FTW was when I had quote-unquote influence because it was you know it's just that that's what it was it was all the fcw guys we didn't have anyone outside which isn't a bad thing i mean i i'm not a great wrestler by any stretch of the imagination i can just with certain people work a good match yeah uh and art like to, like i said to this date uh if i look back at all the matches i wrestled like that's easily my the best match of, uh, of my career and uh but i remember breaking down the ring afterwards of uh, so oh nine is what six years ago at this point so i i was 25 26 and uh i yeah it hurt to carry just one beam yeah. just one piece of wood it, well and we had to carry all the way around the freaking yeah, building yeah which was a nightmare yeah it was so for those that don't know if you really want to try to make something succeed as you've kind of demonstrated with the uwf like even though you're running it, you have to you have to run it as the the ring the ring boys that break it down and set up all the way up to the selling tickets and 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 putting together a match. I mean that's how FTW was for me up until you know we up until Montoya and Reckless came in. I kind of at that point, you know, I think we had gotten rid of the warehouse. So yeah, at, at that point, and I kind of had taken a back seat. The FTW just was you know we it was just different time. People grew grew apart as as we do. And uh, and then um, so I stopped wrestling right around my ankle breaking oh seven, but uh, and then PTCW, which we had grand like we to the point where we designed our belts, just never got quotes for them. Well, maybe only the heavyweight title, which was put on you, and then right away and then quickly given the fox, <laughs> yeah, quickly given the fox is is bullet two, uh, which he was originally against if I remember, like yeah he. He going out there. He wanted no parts of it. He's like, no, no, no. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But because of, I, I, actually, I don't even know what his reasoning. I'm almost was positive for, we didn't know. But he was we had to. We had the crowd so hot, yeah, 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 yeah. especially for being two heels. I remember my brother and a couple guys I work with that that were there. They had said to me, you know, if you would have just came out there and not ran down the crowd, you would have been the face. Yeah. And I, I was like, huh, really? But I wasn't trying to be the face. And they're like, everybody would have loved you. Everybody would have loved yeah. you. And I'm like, as cocky and arrogant as I was, you know, like talking shit to the girls, you know, like, ah, you're not good enough to rub baby oil on me. <laughs> you know? like that, what, and One of my favorite parts of that match, which has nothing to do with you even, it was when – I walked over to the table uh, and got a bottle of water, and sp- <laughs> which I think I was told not to, and I just did it anyway. No, 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 no. You had asked. I remember we were sitting down going over the music with uh, 
whatever that the big dude's name was, Gino or or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We were going over the music with him, setting it up, which they still ended up fucking yeah, up. Yeah. But we, we were going over the music for that, and I remember you said to Tom, hey, did you ever talk to Gwen <laughs> and see if she was cool with uh, me spitting water on her? And he's like, oh, no, let me go do that now. So he went over and talked to her and didn't say anything to either of us. He actually he told me after the match when I was getting changed. But didn't tell either of us that she wasn't okay with it. He's like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and so you go, so you spit the water. <laughs> you want to talk about the realest oh, thing God, of yeah. the entire night besides you separate my shoulder. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That, uh, that I'm trying to restore that match because it was recorded on a, a DVD camcorder with many DVDs that I can't, like I can't get to watch because I'm like I want to pull this match like it's been forever. I mean I'll watch the whole thing, but I want our match specifically. Yeah, but you don't have a, a thing that a DVD player. It won't play even play in the camera. Yeah, it won't even play in the camera when you pop it into a, a, a DVD player. It can't read it because it was never finalized, I guess. So like it's an old school one. So I have to take it somewhere and say, you know, restore it. But oh, it's it is uh, that. That was a good night. I enjoyed it, despite the, the separating of shoulders and the pain afterwards that I know, I know if I were to do it again today, I'd wake up tomorrow. I wouldn't want to wake up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine that, uh, that how it felt for you over the last few years, uh, you know, at, at mid-30s doing it. Well, after the first, the second show, I was, I was great. I felt great afterwards. But after the first show... I was like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't move my neck. If I needed to turn and look, I would have to turn my whole body. And it was just, it was so bad. And I think a lot of it came because um, I was supposed to do a spot where Bruce was going to clothesline me over the top rope. And he came at me so soft, like barely touched me. Mm. And I tried to get over and I just kind of like hung my head over over the top rope it, it just it was ugly and then uh, there was another spot in the match where I was on the outside and I'm talking crap to the crowd and I go to turn around and he's supposed to bring me in the hard way and just the timing was off like it, it just it it didn't work the way like he pretty much just grabbed the top rope. He didn't push it towards me. Uh. He just kind of grabbed it and pulled it towards him. So the timing was off. So and instead of him bringing me in the hard way, the way that it was supposed to go was I was supposed to roll through. And then once I rolled through, I was just going to run, shoot off the ropes, come back at him and hit him with a drop kick. Yeah. And it didn't work out that way. He, pretty much brought me in the hard way <laughs> and uh but when i came in I, I bumped him on my way over and so when i landed i actually landed on the bottom rope so yeah it did it didn't feel too good but but we got through the rest yeah. of the match i mean i was even able to pick him up and uh you know he wanted to do one of them ddt's like ziggler does where he kind of jumps up yeah, and you yeah, got to yeah. hold him up and then swing him down. And, uh, you know, we did one of those. It, it was cool. 
But um, I don't know. One of the things that I was really big on when I came back was uh, European uppercuts. Like I didn't want to throw punches. Like punches are so basic, and yeah, everybody yeah. everybody does it, and everybody uses it as a, a film move. And there's so many ways, and it's funny because I, I was so big on on doing it, and then you look at what Cesaro does, and it's or what he was doing before he got hurt. And and that's what he, you know, the, the European uppercuts, which so, are so much better than punches. So let's, uh, we'll segue into some WWE talk now that you, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, unless you have anything else you want to talk about with your, your career. Well, no, um, I know, and, and I haven't, Moose and I haven't finalized uh, any of the details yet, but he is going to be doing another show. Uh, April twenty third. Okay. Um, he hasn't finalized the location. That's the date he wants to do the show. Um, none of the details are worked out. But uh, so I'm in. I'm interested to see what my what my new role well, is, is going to be in UW. When you when you know the more details, because this <clears throat> the way this show airs is we record a bunch and, and ahead of time. So this will you know probably end up airing in January, ish. Okay. So if you have details by then, I'll just I'll tag it on to the show. Okay. Um, so April 23rd, if you're from Levittown, which is something that I think is missing like on a, on a somewhat regular – and maybe it's, it's missing from a regular basis because you get shows that are huge one month, and then the next month they, they're small. Yeah. But that's – I mean, I remember – I guess it had to be the UWF in the 90s that was almost every month, or maybe it was – I don't know. I guess it's I like know. every month, every other month, yeah, some, and, something like that. And that's something that I think is, is missing from here, and, and maybe it's – you know no one really digs wrestling anymore in this area, but I loved it when I was a kid. And it is – I mean, hell, in, until I saw that flyer – in the basket, I had no idea that UWF was back. I mean, since I was wrestling in the FTW, uh, you know, 01, I mean, there was in 01, there wasn't much. There yeah. was the UWF, which I don't think was every month at that point. I think it was uh, much, much less often. Yeah. Well, he, our goal when, you know, we started back up, you know, two years ago was um, to run every other month. Because running every every month, it, it's too difficult. And, um, you know, I had reached out to uh, to Frankie's mom mm-hmm. and, and asked her about running a show for Frankie where yeah. all the money would have gone to Frankie. Yeah. And uh, I was going to have the guy that records all the shows, I was going to have him come in uh, early. And I was going to invite... You know, say the show starts at six o'clock, you know, have Frankie come in at like four. Okay. Spend two hours with all the guys, you know, everybody, you know, sign autographs, just hang with them. And I was going to have the guy that films everything, film it all, Mm -hmm. you know, just so it was something that knowing that, you know, he, his, his life was going to be so short that something that his, his mom could have, Yeah, 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 you know, uh, to always remember that day. And like I said, all, all the money for the show was going to go towards him. I had sponsors that, that were interested in sponsoring the show so that for the most part, it, it, it wouldn't have cost anything yeah. to do the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything made at the gate would have gone towards, towards Frankie and um, the YMCA uh, 
they screwed us on the date and they gave it to another company that a week before the show ended up um, canceling the uh. show the week before, uh, probably because they weren't selling any tickets because there was nobody on the show. Yeah. Like n- no, nobody that anybody knew. Yeah. You know, you could Google these people that were on the show and you would have no clue who they were. You, you wouldn't find anything. And, um, but so they, they put up a roadblock and then trying to find another venue was, was very difficult. Couldn't get another venue. And, you know, I had some, I had some guys, it, it wasn't just the, the normal UWF guys that were going to be working the show. You know, I had guys from Jersey championship wrestling that I'd, you know, worked with in the past working, working for Damian dragon up in uh, North Jersey. Um, you know, uh, quite a few guys lined up for the show and unfortunately I ended up having to cancel it but this was going to be even though it was going to be under the UWF banner it was going to be all me yeah, you know, yeah. running the show and uh, unfortunately it didn't work out and you know uh, I guess I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse but ironically like I'd say three weeks before the date that the yeah. show was going to be was uh, when Frankie yeah, yeah, passed yeah, yeah. so it would it would have been tough to go to, go with to it. do that show yeah. you know three three weeks later yeah, yeah. Um, especially in, with the conversations that I had had with Frankie's mom mm-hmm. you know before that and uh, and you know how how grateful she was that I even thought yeah, and, yeah, and considered yeah. to to do it um, but actually you're you're saying it, the basket thing that actually yeah. was hope for Hannah. That was oh, was that hope for Hannah? Yeah, that was, okay. that was hope for Hannah, not, not Team Frank. Yeah, we we go to all the well, most of the events we try to go to there, and because um, I mean I don't follow it. I'm I'm a terrible human being. I'll admit it. But Jen <laughs> follows all that. Like I, I can't. Yeah, it's well, and that's yeah. I mean, I I don't fault not follow it because um like I, I emotionally, but when I do read, like I don't remember reading about Frankie passing. Um, I'm sure I did. But I remember um, reading about Hannah passing. Like I was following. That's when I was. I didn't follow the page because I didn't want it in my newsfeed. Not because, not because of the dick. But I just didn't want to see it pop up. Like I wanted to be prepared for it. When yeah. I so I was looking through the news uh, through their their Facebook page, like the week or the couple days that they were saying like it's you know it's any day now or whatever. And that did like that got me. Obviously, I mean I'm a monster if it doesn't get me emotional. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, so that was so friendly. We and there's. I think they're like now. I think I actually follow the page, and I see every now and then like they're still like big in the in the government, like trying to get something passed for the screening if it hasn't yeah. already passed or whatever. Um, but that's good. I, I, that's uh, there's not many people or organizations that like go out of their way like that. Like yeah. you know, um, I mean, I guess more so your local businesses will. Um, but it's, it's great that you thought of, of that. Yeah, for well, both Frankie and, and Hannah. That that's not the only thing that I do to, you know, as far as like charity stuff. I run, even though I'm not affiliated with uh, with FHAA anymore. I run every summer. I run a, a softball tournament down there for girls eight and under. I started it selfishly. Uh, it, I'll admit selfishly. I, I started it because when I was down there, you know, Maddie had wanted to try out for all stars, and I said, you know, when don't we have a girls all-star team? And they said, no, no, not at this age group. Little League doesn't do all-stars at, at this age. And I'm like, really? They don't do all-stars at this age? So I 
you know, I, I was upset about it, and I, I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a tournament. So I approached the board, and I said, you know, I, I really want to start this tournament. And they're like, okay. And uh, there was a woman who, a few weeks before, she was heavily involved with with the little league. So a few, a few weeks before this conversation came about, she had passed away from breast cancer, left behind three girls under oh. the age of like. 14 or 15 and um so i said you know i I'd, I'd like to name it after her okay do this tournament and all the money that we make through this tournament can go into this scholarship fund for uh, her daughters and uh I, you know i got full support of the board and i i called this woman's mom and you know i got full support of her and her family and so for the last four years i've been running this tournament and uh I actually, the last couple of years, I've actually taken off from work the okay. week of the tournament so that the fields are nice, you know, prepped. This year, I, I I created my own logo for the tournament. It looks like the breast cancer awareness ribbon, but um, it when you look closer, it's actually a girl pitch like getting ready uh, to pitch a softball. So, that's cool. which I have tattooed on my leg. Uh, you know, that's that's how how much the cause means to me i've had susan g komen comes out every year and participates just to to raise awareness and and this year i um you know the the tournament when i first started there was only four teams this year i i think i had nine teams participate oh wow so 350 dollars a shot plus all the concession you know that's a lot of money going into the scholarship that's very cool so um but this year uh Amy and I decided that we were going to take $250 of our own money. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hired, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Matthew Schuler. He graduated from Pensbury uh, a few years ago. A couple seasons ago, he was a contestant on NBC's The Voice. Okay. And the name sounds familiar, and I think I remember this story. And so we, we hired him to come in and sing the national anthem uh, for it. Cool. And, you know, he, we joke, but, you know, you're saying about the technical difficulties you were having here. <laughs> the PA system up there is it is the least sophisticated thing. It is, it is so terrible. And you want to talk about a true professional, this kid, Matthew Schuler comes in, sings the national anthem. I think he gets like three words into it and the microphone starts cracking and he just kept going, you know, muscled through it. And, and it, it was awesome. It, it was yeah, a, it was cool. a cool experience. We had a lot of teams, you know, I can only fit with, we have three fields. I could only fit six teams, but all nine teams showed up for the opening ceremonies of oh, the tournament. Awesome. You know, um, her, her mom was there and two of the daughters and a cousin was there for the opening ceremony. So it, it, it's a really cool thing. And, it, you know, I, I told, uh, when I stepped down from the board a few years ago, uh, before I did, I said to the president uh, or the, the two candidates potentially for president of the little league, I said, look, I said, before I decide whether or not I, I want to step down, if, if I can't run this tournament every year, I'm not stepping down. I, I 
I would have gotten divorced, but <laughs> because Amy just won and, and, and I don't blame her, you know, I couldn't take her out for a date cause I couldn't afford to pay a babysitter, but I was, because I was paying a babysitter because I was doing things for little league. Oh, uh, okay. You okay. know, so, so, so that is when you're on the board, I guess a, a job in itself. Oh yeah. It's yeah. a huge, I mean that, that particular year was the worst because Maddie wasn't playing softball at the time. She didn't want to play softball. She wanted to do dance. And so uh, we ended up having a team that nobody wanted to coach, a softball team that nobody wanted to coach. And and none of the parents could step up because of their obligations with their jobs or, or whatever. So nobody was willing to step up and take this team, no matter how many times I begged. And being a softball commissioner, you know, you got a softball team without a coach. Guess what? <laughs> your That's coach. your job. Uh, so, you know, there I was coaching a team. And, and you know, I, I say that I was spending a lot of money and, and a lot of time away from my family coaching this team. I wasn't even coaching practices. Like, my assistant coaches, uh, okay. they handled practice, but I, I had to be there for games and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, in hindsight, could I let them take care of the games? Probably, but I couldn't depend because of their schedules. I couldn't depend on them to be there all the time. So I had to do it. That's I, um, Trey started, uh, practice T-ball. He plays at American. Yeah. You can see my, (laughs) my dirty Yankees hat over there. (laughs) Uh, he, uh, he played American and I, I signed up to assistant coach. Cause like, I'm, like you know me, I'm not I'm not super into sports. I know I like watching football and baseball, but I'm not like I don't know the rules. Especially like I never played sports as a kid, so like I don't know little yeah. league rules at all. So I uh, but practice t-ball, dude. I don't know like it's so boring. I don't know if if they had that in front of the sills or no, they did not. It is literally I shot myself. It's and like I I didn't know that's what it was because he started at he he's he'll be four in January, which means he has to do it one more year. I'm like, lucky. <laughs> it's so awful. I mean, it's not like it's cool. It's fun, and, and he enjoys the kids. And like, the actual, um, we're gonna be on the same team as 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 we were last year, at least for the coaching staff, like to be all system and, and the other guy ahead. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm not. I don't dive into it like you did, like on the board. They're actually he played soccer this year, and uh, not a three year old's game. Yeah, at all nah. but uh he, he they, they emailed me and said you know there's a the, the u4 director positions open which i think he'd still be on because it's i think u4 is five, four or five year olds <clears throat> and um so i was like hmm, maybe i'll get super involved i was like wait i know less about soccer than i do nah. baseball <laughs> uh but yeah and, I, and that's like i don't have time as it is to do what i want to do on top of parent and coach and whatnot and and, and go out it's with it it's a huge commitment and a lot of people don't realize how much of a commitment that, yeah. that it is, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, as long, I don't want to be, I want to be on the field with the kid. Like I want him to see and, and her when Aubrey starts playing, I want to be a coach. I want to be able to show them like, I'm here with you, blah, blah, blah. Um, probably never on the soccer field again until he's older, but, yeah. uh, which, Oh God. Like I'm t- like, when I say it's awful, only kid that's crying though. Did you, any of your kids play fall soccer? Uh, Maddie did, but she was she was older. She was eight. Okay. 
did they oh, so was that like legitimate games and stuff yeah that's legitimate games so and she hated it after the second game after the first half she came up to me you know because they do snack at, yeah, at yeah, halftime yeah, yeah. and she came up to me and she's like daddy i, I don't want to do this anymore and i'm like kiddo you you committed to it yeah you you need to stick with it and uh so she uh ironically the coach said to her hey uh maddie do you want to play goalie this this half and she's like sure and she went out there she did a great job and after that she loved it but then afterwards she's like yeah this isn't a sport for me yeah trey uh the problem with u4 not the problem the great thing about u4 is that they hire like a trainer like it's like dude was from ireland like had the irish accent so that's great because like trey learned a lot like he and like when i tell him do a u-turn like he knows what i'm talking about and like Give all the. I don't know what you're uh, talking. You step on. You step on the ball and you kick it back, and, and you turn around and get it. But like, like it's it was cool. I don't know. I mean, there's probably a soccer term for it, but for four year olds, they call it your turn. Yeah. Uh, and um, he he had one excellent week where he participated the full hour, uh, and then, but before that, or maybe after that, they took uh, a week off for, uh, for pictures, and then the second week Columbus Day was off. So then after that, like it was just a, a terrible week in and week out. He got used to it again one more time, and then we took we just took him out for one week because we wanted to go have breakfast with Santa at the mall. And then the last week it was only I think eight games. The last week like was the first time he had a true meltdown about wanting to go or not wanting to go rather. <laughs> and Jen and I talked. And we're like, well, I mean, he's not going to get a medal, so he doesn't deserve it. So let's not go. It's fine. But I'll go and get my money back. But. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe when he's eight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, so we were going to segue into WWE. Do you have to, what, what time is it? Nah, we're good. Okay. Um, segue into WWE real quick. I really don't watch much anymore at all. Um, my, uh, my brother-in-law has the network for his kids. They actually got me back into it. Uh, like I, I went and saw WrestleMania last year, uh, uh, at their house, and I'll, I'll like, I don't I don't catch Raw at all, just because what time it's on, and and by the time I put the kids to bed, I'm like, all right, I don't I forget that it's on to be honest. Uh, but uh, I let me tell you what I love that that I that I know about. I don't know if it's still around, but from like the last year of trying, like, kind of getting back into it and like reading about it a little bit, Cody Rhodes is Stardust. <sighs> I love it. I love it. I, well, I loved it more when they were tag team. Uh, not so much now. I know. I think I just read Gold Dust is back from his injury. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, what is your thoughts on? Because you you'll have an answer more so than I do. Because I still think when I watch it now or I catch a glimpse of it now, like it was better when Shawn Michaels was around. Uh, what? How is it? How's the product today on television compared to the? We'll say what is it? PG thirteen era compared to the No Attitude era. Uh, to me, it's a clusterfuck. Is it, it, yeah. it really, it's so bad. You know, you have you have these guys that I'm sure they're workhorses, and I'm, I'm sure they're great guys. You know, I, from everything that you hear, John Cena is such a workhorse. He's such a company man, but he's stale, and he'll always be. And until they do something with him. Uh, heel. And the I thing, would love to see him turn heel. But you're never going to see yeah. him turn heel. Too much money. Um, and, and they're building Roman Reigns the same way. Oh. Which which sucks, you know. But you have 
guys like Kevin Owens, who is I don't know if you're familiar. I, with I know him. I know the name, and he he looks like he's a, like a good. He guy. is him and Dean Ambrose both are so money every time they go yeah. out there. Like just even in interviews, like I I, I love watching his, his interviews. He did an interview. I don't know, a couple weeks ago. I, I don't remember who he wrestled on Raw, but it, it was one of those uh, app-exclusive interviews. And okay. he's he's laying on, you know those equipment trunks yeah, yeah, that yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they use? He's laying on an equipment trunk, and he looks over, and he's like, why, why is there a camera in my face? And he turns and looks, and he's like, oh, God. And it's JoJo's there to interview him, and he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like... I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt. He's like, no, no, or I'm sorry to interrupt. He's like, no, you're not sorry. You're not sorry. If you were sorry, you you just wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know, you, you can't apologize for something and then go and do it anyway. Like, he's just, he's so good on the mic. And he's going on and on, and they're going back and forth. And he's talking about how he's going to be the first person to become WWE champion and Intercontinental champion at the same time, which, as so many people know it's it's not true yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's just, it's funny to hear him say that and then finally he goes do you have anything else because your perfumes really bother me if you don't have anything else well then i'm out of here and so he says he's out of there but he's, just, he's still laying on the trunk so you're like what the fuck's he mean he's out of here well here the trunk must be up against the wall because he pushes himself off the wall and you just see him roll out of screen it's just it's so fun and dean ambrose same thing you know he's he's with uh, Renee Young in in real life. I don't okay. know if you if uh, I know I know the that. name. Yeah, yeah. But so and and she interviews him, and you can just tell, like, you can see the chemistry between yeah. them when she's interviewing him, and she's interviewing him a couple weeks ago, and he's talking about beating Tyler Breeze, and he's saying, you know, Tyler Breeze, he's he's a young bull, and the young bull wants to run down and talk to, or what's he say, and and have conversation with one lady. But me, I'm an old bull. I'm going to walk down and I'm going to have a conversation with all the ladies. And he's going on and on, like explaining it. And then he says to Renee Young, so what did you just take from that? And she goes, um, that you're an old bull. And she's and he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, what, what did you learn from that? And she's like, um, to make conversation with uh, a lot of cows. And he's like, you weren't even listening. And he just walks away. Like it, it, it's just it's funny stuff. But. And that's like uh that's part of like the no I guess even when like when we watched it like in the P we'll call it the PTCW days, but like oh eight, oh nine. Like that where it was kinda PG thirteen, it was kinda going that way. Yeah. Uh, if not already there. That's what I like. Like I always like the comedy DX stuff. And yeah, DMX and, stuff. and they don't do that enough. And when they do try it, it fails. Jerry the King Lawler needs to go. Okay. He, he's he's terrible. JBL is fantastic. A lot of people give him shit. He he is such a good heel commentator, and and that's what I think is is missing a lot from their product because he's the only uh, on the main roster. He is the only you know, heel commentator. But then you have guys like Corey Graves down at NXT. For me, I, I, I would forego WWE. I, I still watch the pay-per-views. I still fast forward through, you know, 
the the main shows. I don't I don't ever watch Superstars or. Um, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Still. Yeah. Well, it's only on the network. Oh, okay. Okay. Superstars are main event. I don't I don't watch them at all anymore. I just watch Ross SmackDown and I fast forward through them. But NXT. I've heard a lot of good things. So you know they have this show called Breaking Ground, and it's like it's like a E sixty. Okay. You know, you're yeah, familiar with yeah, E60 for on on ESPN. It's like E60, but it's all for WWE NXT, and th- that's what Triple H is doing down there. Is he's breaking ground? Like it is the most groundbreaking professional wrestling. I I won't say sports entertainment because I think it's just such a dumb fucking term, <laughs> but he, you know, what he's doing down there is great, and maybe. Maybe on a higher level, it wouldn't be as good, you know. Maybe if it was being crammed down our throats for five hours a week, yeah, yeah. seven if you include the the B shows that yeah. you can only see on the network. But it's an hour a week. Their their live specials are amazing. They they really are. The the talent that they have down there is so good, and a lot of it is because. Vince McMahon isn't micromanaging what's going on down there. And Triple H doesn't micromanage it either. It's, okay, here's your character. Do something with it. If it works, great. We're going to, we'll push you to the moon. If it doesn't work, then well, it's back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. You only go back to the drawing board so many times. Yeah. And then, you know, good luck in the future. And that's how he is. And for the people who bust their ass and make it their everything, he gives them responsibility. Like Bailey, she's the um, she's the NXT Women's Champion right now. And there was a thing online uh, that he tweeted a few weeks ago where he's showing her how to produce a match. Like they're sitting. A gorilla position, producing a match oh, together. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Like that's he's cool. he's so into it, and and every his big thing is he is not about the mic, so, especially for somebody who's so good on the mic yeah, like yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, he's more about the pro. Like we have one hour to produce a quality yeah. show. Let's give it everything we have, and and that's what he does, and it's it's phenomenal. I've heard a lot of good things about NXT. I mean, everyone that I've seen come out of NXT um, that I've, like, you know, whether it's just uh, on, like, I'll go on their website and, like, watch clips a lot. Um, like, Kevin Owens, I, you know, I, I like a lot. <clears throat> uh, but it seems like that's, like, the real deal. Like, they finally found something with their. Because remember when NXT started? Like, it started years ago. Like, the God, Nexus, right? Like, no, no, no. Like it the, was. The, well, Nexus came from that, did they not? Like they were the first yeah, NXT but, class, but this was, but that wasn't really. That was just like a stupid reality show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and those guys were from Florida Championship okay. Wrestling. They eventually changed Florida Championship Wrestling to NXT. Yeah. And Vince McMahon said, "Here, Triple H, this is yours." Bit, yeah. And that's when they developed the Performance Center because you know Triple H and Stephanie they're very big on, um, you know, health and, yeah. and fitness. Yeah. And uh, so, and they have, you get professional athletes. I've seen interviews 
from professional athletes and other sports that have you know they're being interviewed at the performance center and, and who knows uh, it, it could be scripted maybe not yeah. but they say you know like this facility is better than most professional sports teams yeah you know like just what you have at your disposal down there is it's it's game changing you know, and, and nobody will ever be able to compete. I mean, nobody can compete with WWE as No, I mean, what impact is on its is that is that, is that even on what Discovery Channel now? It's uh, right now. It's on Destination, Destination America with and, Global Force Wrestling, right? Is it like it's? Destination. I think they're tied in. No, well, Destination America also has uh, Lucha Underground oh, okay. as <laughs> well. I know. Because Jeff Jarrett's doing something with Global Force, and I know, like, they got on some TV channel, I think. Yeah. Uh, or I or they will be. And I know uh, starting January, TNA or Impact or whatever is going to be on a different channel, and I, I don't know. But that, I mean, that's just. It's a sinking ship. It, it's like watching the Titanic. They had so many good things that they could have done. I mean, you remember what it was yeah. like when Hogan and Bischoff yeah, 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 first yeah, yeah. went down there. It, it was like, oh, they're finally doing something. Yeah, and. Then, it became entertaining, and then it just went straight down the toilet. Um, yeah, the wrestling. I mean, I, I again, I, I uh, blame my schedule for my lack of wrestling, uh, you know, watching and, and whatnot. Now, <clears throat> though, I do. I'll say the one thing that I really enjoy is the network. Like, I don't do it often, but a lot of times, I'll go on there to watch like the stuff that I remember, like from the ninety, like nineties, late eighties, two thousands. I uh, every now and then, what I don't like about the network is that you don't like you have to wait like X amount of weeks to see Raw like the, yeah. yeah so that's the one thing I don't like I'm not paying for it it's my brother in law's account so. yeah but DVR I don't have a DVR uh, uh, see yeah. I, I don't know if you saw when you walked in we have the 21st century uh, version of putting a small TV on your box TV because we have a like 30 30 inch TV mounted to the wall and our 60 inch just sitting there because the 60 inch broke uh, uh, we're waiting for the tech to come out to fix it but. Uh, yeah, I don't. We don't. Uh, I don't have DVR. Uh, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. I'm trying to coax it into the hey, DVR would be nice. Yeah, but uh, I don't control the money. So. <laughs> um, but uh, I do like. I think you shared it uh, on uh, Facebook. The like the DX stuff that happened right around PTCW, where it was just Sean and Hunter. Like that's the stuff that I've been going back to a lot yeah. lately. Uh, see, I just kicked Stan. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Like, that is one of my favorite bits. That when uh, Hunter was looking for uh, uh, Sean at, at that office building, and he was the cook. Yeah, uh, like it's that <laughs> he stuff. The little kid. <laughs> it's that stuff. Mike and I actually um, did. Uh, do you remember the apology that they did, like around with the Spirit Squad? Like they they had like. Oh, see, I wasn't even watching it that much then. Oh, okay. So it was around the Spirit Squad, and I guess it's like when they first kind of reformed DX. I think it's – was it 06? I don't know. I forget the year. But they um, they went and did like a, one of those press conferences that they did like back in the 90s and were apologizing, and, and Hunter would just counter every apology like, why – this is dumb. Like we – they deserved it, whatever. So Mike and I parried that for our YouTube channel. Uh, to do like an apology about like the internet, like we apologize to uh, uh, Epic Meal Time. I don't know if you watch any YouTube shows, but yeah, Epic Meal Times like they 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 it's like an online cooking show. So we just we we mimicked that and like that was really cool to uh, kind of relive those moments. Like 
that's what when when Mike and I sit down to write like a skit or something. I I really like kind of like go back and remember like a lot of the DX or any of the WWE funny moments. Like that's where I think my my humor comes from is is from that because yeah. I wasn't a stand up kid. I wasn't really a, an SNL kid when I was when I was little. I was more of a, an adult thing. Um, but I, I do miss the old product. I don't know if you remember back when I first started, you know, with FTW, my ringtone or not my ringtone, my voicemail message. Like if you called me and yeah, got yeah. my voicemail for the longest time, my voicemail message, you would have to sit through the entire original unedited, uh, I guess like press conference speech. Oh, I do that remember Sean that. And Hunter did. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. And I used to get some very, very nasty <laughs> messages, especially when people would call and have the wrong number. You know, but hey, it is what it that is. is. I remember doing because like, I, I think it was that. Dep- I don't know what I did, but it prompted me to be like, I want to do something silly like this in my voice now. I, I can you imagine in your thirties doing that now? Oh, there's, <laughs> there's so many things that like. Even that I still do like video, like I'm not that I play video games often, but I'm like you know every now and then I'll pick up a, a controller and play. And I, Jen and I were actually talking because uh, we and I was like, you know, can you imagine like in 20 years when the kids aren't in the house, are we going to even be the same people? Like, am I still going to want to pick up a, a, a video game controller? She's like, you, yeah, you're a man child. Yeah. <laughs> and it's <laughs> what what uh, and like, what I realized, especially in this like in part of our conversation, but with Mike and I too, like. I'm at that point of my age where uh, when I go and hang out with Dave, we always talk about the past, where I'm just that old man. that's like, let's talk about what we used to do as idiots. Yeah. And I'll just read one entry of this. <clears throat> this was well before you. But uh, we <laughs> – so I had a live journal. Do you remember live journal and dead journal? No. So it was before uh, – it was before, like, MySpace and before um, – facebook and all that and it was like a blog it was just blogging but like a diary and whatnot so this is from 2001 i i let me go to a different one because i read these on on the show with mike but not only did i use it to compare like my writing uh now and then i use it as like i was an emo (laughs) like (laughs) i don't remember being so so emo and what's (laughs) here's the reason these are printed out in 2004 I think that's around when Mick Foley released his first or second autobiography, and I was super into wrestling then. Like I was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. So I printed these out for the autobiography I was going to write as a wrestler. So uh, you're, it's going to be very confusing, especially if I allude to anything. But I'll read one entry before we go today, because I think this is fantastic to go back and make fun of myself. <clears throat> Thursday, November 1st, 2001, 10-11 p.m. A long day at work. Today went pretty well, except at one point when I remember something my GF told me about a week ago or so. She told me one of my friends felt like they couldn't talk to me anymore. (laughs) Email already. Because we don't hang out as much or something like that. I don't know why I remember that, but I do, and that bothers me. Because now it's like I have no one to talk to. No offense to any of my other friends. It's just that he was the easiest to tell things to. And he always had advice, whether whether it be bad or good. I kind of understand why he didn't want to talk about me cooling it with someone, but the fact is I don't like that person, <laughs> and if that person says something that I don't like, I will make it obvious. I don't like it. I don't know. I guess I don't know who my best friend is right now. Sure, I have best friends, but I'm not sure who the one is that has no circuits and whatnot. Oh, well. I had to get that off my chest, because obviously I can't talk to anyone. Work sucked tonight. I had to... Uh, that's all boring. 
But was that before or after you inserted your tampon? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And like that's not. And like what? Uh, what the other things that like baffle me was like the way I talked uh, in some of these. Like I said, gay ass a lot, or like that stupid. <laughs> it's like I'm like wow, I was that teenager that like just decided to talk like an asshole and very emo. I don't ever consider myself being an emo. And 2001 isn't that far off from when, like, you knew me. Like, yeah. it was it was seriously probably a year later. Going back and reading shit like that has made, been my purest joy in life. <laughs> I go back and I read stuff, like, you know, especially now with, with Facebook, you get those messages, yeah. like, every day, you know, six years ago, you said this or you posted that. I, I read some of the shit that I posted and I'm like... Oh fuck! How long would it take to go all the way back through so I could <laughs> fucking delete that off of my fucking page? I, I have done that. Like I, I, I think like when uh when I break up when I broke up with someone like years ago, I I was like I was like let me go through Facebook and just delete all the photos, delete everything, yeah. and like so now every now and then I see, here's a photo from six seven years ago, but it just says deleted photo. Uh, uh but yeah, like. I didn't know because I have time hop, but Facebook also does time yeah. hop, as you, as you were mentioning. Time hop doesn't show some of the stuff that Facebook shows. So, like, I'll get that. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I need to go back and delete this. <laughs> it is because uh, it's even though, I mean, more so you, even though six, six years ago you were still in your, your 30s, like, we were all. I guess, I guess I'm still immature to a point, but. It's unbelievable that at 25, 26 years old, I was as immature as I was, and I didn't get my ass beat for it. Yeah. Oh, no, there's a lot of things that I – I remember oh, – this is going to make me sound like such a dick. You want to talk about a C to D Rob moment. <laughs> I posted – I remember – I'm sitting in my basement, me and uh, Sky Rick and Amy were sitting in the basement and we're watching – God, I forget what the movie was – but we're watching this movie and I get a, I don't know if I got a notification or if I was just scrolling through Facebook, just wasting time or whatever. And I, I see that Whitney Houston had died. Okay. And <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat what I said, <laughs> but it, it wasn't very nice. I know that in, at some point it was uh, something about, Oh, that's one less drug druggy we got to worry about good riddance or something like that and uh yeah in hindsight i i, I feel pretty bad about that <laughs> you know i uh i have gone from using like facebook is more so like every now and then i think i post a thought but it's more so i'll post pictures and like a comment to that picture uh twitter is where and i try not to do those emo posts there where i bitch about something on twitter but it's that's where I might rant about something. Like I was at uh, Starbucks in the city, uh, and like this this uh, customer was like giving shit to this employee, like like short from calling her dumb was calling her dumb. Like and the whole time while I'm while she's ordering, I'm ordering, and she's talking to the manager, belittling this girl who's probably first year college student or something, and to the point where like I went on my Twitter rant about that like about the customer and, and being a, you know, a slob or whatever. And then wrote uh, Starbucks to say, listen, I was at your Philly store on Pine street. And just want to let you know, like, I don't, I don't want this girl to get fired because she was doing her job. Right. Like she was a hundred percent right. 
she had one she had a question about something that the, the customer had a question about that she asked somebody else and somehow this customer went off on her and i had excellent service from her like i just want her to know that as i know people are assholes in the world and just let her know that everyone's an asshole yeah but yeah that's what like twitter's where i rant now I, um i don't use twitter all that much i did a little bit especially when i was you know when yeah. uwf was back in full swing and, and all that but um yeah, I, I don't really use it so, too I mean, much. Although I did, I was at WrestleMania 29. Maddie and I went. Okay. Um, I got her tickets for uh, for Christmas that year. Is she into wrestling still? So, oh, fuck, I wish. <laughs> she now she's in the makeup. Oh, and she's hair like, how old is and, she now? Oh God, she's gonna be. She's eleven and a half, oh, going on old. sixteen. And, <laughs> oh. Yeah, She's it's full on girl now. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but and uh, but so we went and I took a picture of me and uh and her and in the background you could see the ring and the the whole contraption that they they built around the ring which I'm sorry, but I I think it's just a waste of fucking money. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like there's pay pay the wrestlers now yeah. that they're not getting pay-per-view fees. But so I uh I take a picture and I I retweet it or I tweeted it to Triple H and um I said 14 years ago I sat and watched you beat a monster uh at WrestleMania and tonight my daughter gets to see you wrestle another monster you know it's him and him and Lesnar okay and uh, I guess it was like three days later. Or, or I put thank you. That that's how I finished it. Yeah. Thank you. Three days later, I get a notification. And like I said, I don't ever use Twitter yeah, yeah, yeah. for anything. He fucking retweeted it to me to thank me. Oh, that's cool. Which was yeah. which was cool, and that's something that I'll I'll always you know hold dear to my heart. The fact that. <clears throat> He and, and that's why I said fucking Vince McMahon needs to hand over the reins to him yeah, because yeah. he, as much of a dick as a lot of people say that he is, and I'm sure he is, but you don't get to where he's at without having a love. Yeah, for you can tell that he, I mean, you could tell six years ago i mean you could tell that for almost his entire career that he's loved the business yep. um you know especially i mean especially after he he not the not that him marrying stephanie is the reason why he loves the business but like you could tell like just more so reading behind the scenes stuff like that like <clears throat> his love for the business from that point forward i, I mean when when you think about him and, and his love for the business you have to consider that he after the curtain call was yeah hammered yeah, into the ground yeah. to where his position was going to be almost non-existent. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's who went through a plethora of shitty gimmick matches. Yeah. As punishment for the curtain call, like wrestling hog pen matches and, you know, stupid shit like that. He, but he, he didn't stop. He didn't yeah. give up. He kept going because he, he loved the business. I mean, he, he went from curtain call from being put through the ringer to to almost running the whole thing. Yeah, uh, and and it's like I said. I mean, you can see that. Uh, and I don't. 
I only know it partially, but like you can see from NXT his love. Like, uh, and I know I forget who. For, uh, one of my buddies who's still into it, like they talk about his love for NXT and how much he's into it and stuff. It might even be not even one of my actual friends. It might be a Facebook friend, Blue maybe, that talks about it Man. often. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and Stephanie too. She's she's got a love for it. I mean, you go back to um, the last NXT special. I don't know if you watched it or not, but um, Bailey and Sasha did a. Iron Woman match. Oh, I heard about it. I didn't for watch it, the NXT Women's Title, and in my opinion, their match at Takeover Brooklyn was uh, that could be a serious candidate for Match of the Year. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, the match was psychologically, technically, the one of the best matches. I've seen in a very long time. And that's great that it's coming from, from Divas because that's what they need, stronger well, and it's, Divas. And it's because of that match and because of how how much the fans are responding, both WWE fans and NXT fans, to them that they got the main event spot at the last okay. NXT special. And so they get that, and um, at the end of the match, you know, final bell rings and uh you can see there's charlotte uh becky lynch and stephanie mcmahon sitting in the front row all three of them with tears rolling down their face and then the whole crowd or the whole crowd the whole locker room came out because it it was sasha banks's last match in nxt they all come out and they're standing there, and Triple H is standing there, and Sarah Del Rey is standing there, and they gave both girls flowers, you know, like That's, like it was a freaking opera performance, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? They gave both girls flowers, and you could see Triple H was, he, you know what? Seeing him that night reminded me of you look back at the videos, like what the night after Owen Hart passed away, and the night after, um. The night after Eddie Guerrero passed away, yeah, yeah. you know the raw after, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you could just see he was he was emotional, and, yeah. but he was doing everything he could to hold it in yeah, and, and yeah, not yeah. cry, and it it that's just such a cool thing. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's just the direction of the business at the the highest level is going downhill. But at the the lowest level of WWE, it's yeah. I mean straight. It's going well, straight to the top. And and we'll make this our our final thoughts because I think we've been going well over two hours at this point. Uh, but I think that I mean when you expand Raw to three hours, like that's asking not only a huge commitment from your audience for three hours of their time, but you are you're 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 desaturating, desaturating the, the, you know your product. Yeah. Um and. You know, it's, I mean, like you said, five hours of, of on network, te- well, cable network television a week. That's yeah. a lot to ask for. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that's, Especially when most of it's talking. Yeah, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like that part. Like, that's, I mean, I'm a dialogue guy. That's why I like Kevin Smith movies. But I also, you know, before I was a Kevin Smith guy, I was a WWF guy, WWE guy. So I also, I, I want to see the wrestling. I want to see a mix of it. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to see nothing but talking. I don't want to see nothing but wrestling. Not that I don't think that's. I don't think nothing but wrestling is bad. It's obviously when it's all quality, then it's great. 
I like a little bit of talking. I like a little bit of promo work. Well, Mick, Mick Foley just blogged about it, and it, and it's true. You, you know, he he blogged about um, him and his son driving up from Atlanta. Or, I, I don't know, or from Florida to Atlanta or, or something like that to see an NXT live event where one of the matches on the card was Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, who that night wrestled for 20 minutes. You know, oh, I did. an I, amazing I, yeah. match. Yeah. Then they just wrestled on Raw. They were given four minutes. Yeah and, yeah. and that's because you spend so much time talking about stupid, nonsensical stuff that, and, and I get it. You got you to gotta build your storylines. But when we were kids watching wrestling, yeah. storylines were built in the yeah, ring yeah. with wrestling, with yeah. run-ins. Yeah. You can't have run-ins with everything. But your your backstage promos and, and all that other garbage that you're, like you said, saturating the product yeah. with, you, all that stuff was done as a split screen while the the wrestler yeah. was walking to the ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and there's. There's uh, you tighten it up and you improve the product. I that I absolutely agree with. If, yeah. you, I mean, because all the stuff that I like about wrestling existed 20 years ago, and the, and it was to me the best part. You know, it's the best wrestling was. You know, and I mean, obviously, you know, the argument could be made about you know the 80s and 70s and all like the the legends. I wasn't around for the legends. I didn't watch that, and I'm I'm fine in saying that. I you know for me the 90s is wrestling to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everything I loved about wrestling was right there. And now, I mean, it is. I'm not going to watch, watch it at 8 o'clock. Maybe 9, when my kids are asleep, I can get out to the TV and watch it. But, like, you're asking a huge commitment from your fans uh, on that. Anyway, thank so, you, man. Thank yeah, you for coming to no, this. Thank you it for having me. so fun talking to you. It was so fun catching up with you. Uh, and as I do with all my guests, I want to make sure that, you, you know, you want to come back one day. Definitely. And we'll just talk, shoot the shit about whatever. Works uh, for me. I, I, you, uh, as I said in the beginning of the show, uh, at one point, you know, we had plenty of heart to hearts, and, and you were there for me at, at some of my lowest points uh, in my apparently emo mid twenties life. <laughs> I mean, I was an emo a, a teenager, but I, I'd reckon to say I was probably an emo in the mid twenties too. But uh, you were there for some some of my low points. So uh, you know, I, you have always been a, a great friend to me. So thank you for doing this. Hope you do come back. Definitely. And uh, we will make sure there's more details for the next UWF show, uh, whether it be on, you know, inserted in this podcast or a post on our Twitter and uh, Facebook, which you can find us on awesomepodcast.com. You can tweet with us at that entertains and you can find us on facebook.com slash T entertainment uh, for everything is awesome. I'm Kev. I'm C-Rob. Talk to you next time. Everything is Awesome is produced by Crude Humor Studios. For more information about the podcast, please visit us online at awesomepodcast.com. Or if you're interested in advertising on the show, please email us at advertising at crudehumorstudios.com. Stream and download all episodes on iTunes. While you're there, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you're a fan of the show, please let us know by following us on Twitter and Instagram at That Entertains.